What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. Angela Parker, welcome to Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and being thrown under the bus with the video at the last minute because I'm just shocking like that, aren't I? (laughs) So I just want to know because this whole podcast is about healing and why you went into it and what happened. How did you take that step into healing? What made you? Was there a trigger? Was there a moment? Just what led you to start working on your stuff? <laughs> it is funny. My reaction is laughing. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, I'm you dreadful. Like- I laugh at people. They're talking about their pain and I start laughing, which is shocking. <laughs> I think, you know what I do I, is I think it's a knowingness. I think the laugh yeah. is like that my trauma is like, oh, we're going to talk about trauma. Thank God, because let's just yeah. n- normalize it, bring it mm-hmm. into the light. I, I laugh too because I, I don't know if I had a choice. I know that we all have a choice, but um, the thing that really tipped me over is I am um, from Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. and I started a, an outdoor fitness company when I was 23. And Which was I grew about it five minutes ago. Oh, God. I, yes, it was. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes it <of> was. Course. <laughs> Thank you. My favorite podcast ever. Ever. Um, and you know, I, I grew that and it became, it became a big success. I was the first person to create the the outdoor fitness craze in Santa Monica, which it's now known for. Um, I really cultivated a, a, a massive community of people that just love to be outside and exercise. And I had a 99% return rate at my programs. I essentially had no churn. Um, but as the business grew to be more successful, I just felt like I was living in a body and I both didn't have skin and I I could feel kind of the waves of the world moving through me. And I, it's like my work was my identity and yet I had no identity. Oh yeah. You know, like it gave me me a sense of, yes, it's like, that was my identity, but that's not an identity. Yeah. And that, that is a shelf life. Hard, a really big facade, you know, which takes effort to keep up, like huge effort to keep. Yes. The facade. What a great fucking word for that. Yes. Oh. And it's when you realize how exhausting it is. When you drop it and you realize how exhausting it is. Yeah. I've been doing that. Like I'm tired. (laughs) But I don't think you realize it. And I think that's actually where my story goes is I don't, I didn't realize it. So I, um, I had this moment that I actually keep thinking about lately where I, I wasn't sleeping. I was, I had normalized that I had somehow normalized that it was okay to wake up at like four in the morning and just kind of like go walk. Cause no one was out and I could think, and I would walk for hours You went walking at 4, four in the morning because the world was quiet. My nervous system yeah. was so on fire that the only time it felt normal to be outside was four o'clock in the morning when at least I could get a little space. So looking back, there were these clues, right? And when I was walking one morning, I noticed I had stopped walking and my hands were like this. And I thought, and I said out loud, it's time to sell the business. 
And it's almost like I heard someone else say it. And I was like, what? But, mm-hmm. but how can you sell it? It's who you are. Wow. <sighs> so I went down that path. I sold it. I had a 48 hours, Katrina. I felt like I was on top of the world. And by the way, no one tells you how hard it is to sell a company. Uh, yeah, the hard. tech bros, it's nuts. The tech bros make it seem like it's simple and it's straightforward and it's done in five minutes. But remember, if your company is your life and your identity, then what the hell? Mm-hmm. So the sale was hard. Yeah. 48 hours, I thought, oh my God, I'm, I did it. I built this thing and I sold it. And it was Elation and Katrina. 48 hours, almost to the minute, I had this wave from the top of my head start to move Mm. through me. And I thought, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And as it was moving through me, it was the panic panic of who am I if I don't have this thing to do? I can literally feel that in my heart. It's It's, just, it's it's going, oh my God. (laughs) And then you have all this weird shit with success, right? So this was, so then I heard myself be like, so you sold something that was successful? Idiot. <laughs> Moron. Yeah. What idiot sells something that's working? Mm. So um, because of privilege, uh, mm. I was able to get uh, a visa and come spend some time in Italy. I needed to get away. I wanted to get as much distance because the, the business kept going. The business was thriving. That's why I was able to sell it. And I, I came to the Italian Alps and I was going to come for a six-month sabbatical and I got on the plane with my partner and we're about to take off. And I look at him and I said, you know, my intention is to just like, I want to meet myself. <laughs> the laughter. <Basically>. Within, <laughs> within three days, mm. I started feeling really sick. Yeah, of course. And I felt this like, oh, maybe this is heartburn. And it felt like there was a fire started to burn, like actually really hurt. Couldn't breathe. Could have had a hard time swallowing. Every time it ate, it's hurt. It started getting worse and worse. And over the course of about four weeks, I realized I'm now quite sick. I lost 25 pounds. I'm not a very big person to begin with. From where? (laughs) Yeah, my face, probably. My (laughs) brain, my soul. And I would go to doctors. They couldn't figure what was wrong. I went to, uh, got CAT scans and EKGs and people were listening to my heart and no one could figure out what was wrong with me. And it felt like a fire from the bottom of my stomach to the back of my throat. And I thought, I thought that it was over and I started to get more and more sick. And there was a moment I was sitting in uh, the apartment that we were at the time and I could feel my mind. I could feel the the tremendous amount of physical pain. And I could feel this moment where the brain can kind of walk away from the body. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I don't think that you should keep walking in that direction. I think, I think we need to go back. Mm. And it scared me because I could sense that I think that's where the end lives. Mm-hmm. And I found a doctor who spent all this time with me and she said, I don't think this is your body. I think that it's your time to look at what's not working. Yeah. Your gut and your heart was screaming at you to be heard and your logic brain was squashing it. Yeah. Amazing. 
And I'm she's like, about that, could you? It? Yeah, on what? In the, in the book, I've written about the three brains, the gut, the heart and the head. And you've just described what happens when we're ignoring the gut and the heart. What I thought was so interesting about it is how much my throat, it's so symbolic. Yeah. My throat was on fire. Yeah, you weren't speaking. Your truth. Fire. I wasn't speaking yeah. my truth. You know why? Because yeah. I didn't fucking know what it was. <laughs> yeah. And this was my moment. So like this, I when I say I didn't know, know if I had a choice, because I did actually, because if I just described my, I felt my soul or my brain, I don't know which one, mm. go. And I I remember actually this, this wave of being like, I don't, I think if we keep going, I don't know if we come back. Mm. And I think, and that was essentially the moment. That was the choice. So I did have a choice. And I knew that in that moment, the famous phrase from the air, airport, from the airplane, it's time to meet myself. Yeah. And I remember just walking and listening to Brene Brown and crying mm. and trying to ask myself, where is, where is the shame? Where is not the shame? I think she's a better question. Um, and it was then that I just really started to find my truth and find myself. And so did that person you just said, did they help you? Did you go seek help? Was it? So this is what, kind what of wild. One that kind of started getting you to really get in sync with yourself, really? I mean, the thing that really changed it, one, here's what's wild, just kind of a side note, I can't find that doctor. Oh. Like, again, like I, I couldn't find her again. I know where the office is, but like they, they don't know if she where she is. They don't really know who I'm talking about. And so in my mind, I'm like, was this like an angel? Like what? This is too strange. So for what it's worth. So- um, and talk all about that kind of stuff in the book. <laughs> just like, okay, who is this person? <laughs> well, she was your soul teacher, came along for a moment, gave you some guidance yeah. and went I don't away. Care. It was exactly. So the thing that really uh, helped me, two things. Mm. I made sure that, because in this process, I, I couldn't have caffeine I couldn't have wine. I couldn't have anything to numb. I would give up everything but caffeine. I know. I know. <laughs> it's literally the one thing I refuse to give up. I know. It's back. So praise be. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> it's true. Don't touch my coffee. Um, but I noticed hmm. that when I first opened my eyes in the morning, I I didn't hate myself. Mm-hmm. But when I started the day or the screens or the caffeine, the the hum and the buzz of the not enoughness would start to get active enough to force me into doing something with myself. And what I put together was that there is a sacred spot for us in between the time that we become conscious from sleep. And between the time we engage with the world and in that period, it is a sacred practice that I have never left for one moment. I do not look at a screen until after I've done several things. I drink water first thing. I brush my teeth. I wash my face. I change my clothes. I walk to a window. I look outside. I drink water. I still don't look at a screen. Mm. Now I make coffee. 
God. Thank goodness. Thank God. Um, and I just, and I, and I journal. And the combo of journaling. Mm. So powerful. You, you cannot walk away from your truth when you journal. It's there. You j- it's so clear. And something happens if you catch that po- that spot before a screen, yeah. before a story. Before a mm. Do you journal? Before you, you pick it up by habit and start yes. comparing your life to some fake life. Or someone takes your thoughts. Then then the yeah. thoughts are not yeah. your own. Yeah. yeah. Do you what's your morning? Do you, like? So do do you Sorry. free write or do you like journal in points or mm. is it a gratitude? Is it a I mean, if it, don't don't go the personal personal, but you know, like, is it? I do love you know free writing, for example, when I actually do it, which is rare. But I love that just writing random, <laughs> and off I go and keep writing. Yeah. And what's funny is when I first started, I would ask myself questions. It was actually how I yeah. started journaling. It was almost like I would get to the end of the thought, and then I would ask myself the next question. I love. Where is the space? Where is the healing? What's mm. possible next? Mm. So I do free write. Um, and that there's times that sometimes it's just words, like words seem to make sense for me, single words. And it's actually a great place for folks to start. You can just do a single word, but I think that the the thing too, that I think is really important for people that start journaling, it's not about the journal. It's not about how long you do it. It's actually just, I feel like the act there's times I grab my journal, I open it. And my mind kind of journals inside of my head, but it's the practice of sitting. Yeah. And it's also that, like, almost that feeling of like, oh, I'm waking up in a warm bed. I have food in my fridge. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm safe. I'm that appreciation and that gratitude. Are you, yes. are you asked about my morning routine? I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it's dictated by the dog at my feet. Um, <laughs> so there's a moment of I have to go outside and take him for a pee and God knows what the neighbors think as I go out my dressing gown. Um, and then I actually, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm less rigid on the screens, but I do have time to sit and eat and have breakfast and he has his breakfast. And I just, I really ease into my day. I'm a morning person. I wake up immediately. Like, there's none of this setting the alarm 10 times and all that kind of stuff. I can't do that. But I love to spend like an hour and a half before mm-hmm. I take him out for a walk. And then yes. I take him out for a walk and then I come and sit and start my day and do yes. my work. Um, yes. particularly now at the moment, you know, finishing writing this book. Um, and I'm writing another book as well, a business book. And it's like, so I, I love that routine of go out, walk, and then come back. So I probably do my journaling when I'm walking yes. in the respect of I do a lot of thinking. There's no things in my head. I'm not listening. I'm not just. Oh, you don't myself. listen to anything? Okay. I just walk. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, how soon from the time you wake up do you do it? Because I find that's really important. Yeah, and they say that if you can get uh, morning sunlight in your eyes within the first, is it hour, hour and a half? Oh. It's at least hour and a half. Affects your circadian rhythm for the rest of the day, and I truly think it's. I really believe. Did you know, it. I live in London. Yeah, I, <laughs> we I, are I, that the worst be, summer. As is the whole of Northern Europe. I hasten to add, I was in Berlin yes. last week. It was so bad. You know, yeah. it's, it's the whole. Yeah, Southern Europe really wants our weather right now. But yeah, so what happened next? So did you, did you feel, it doesn't sound like you, when you started working yourself, you felt any trepidation. It's almost like you got like pushed into no. it because your body. But I mean, I, in a way I'd been doing this work for so long. This was 
the work I had done before this was preparing me to go to this level. And I think when I hear a lot of people talk about healing, we're constantly like getting into the deeper, deeper, deeper parts. And this is the thing. Mm. I, I think it's actually a time to celebrate when we drop into something or we feel like, shit, there's a whole nother dimension to this. <laughs> In a way, I celebrate it because it means I'm ready. Yeah. It means that I was fortified enough to actually look at my shit. Yeah. Fortified enough to look at your shit is exactly exactly the thing. It does take some braveness and some resilience and some... But I actually think the hardest part is just taking the first step, just stopping and going, like you did, you actually stopped it. 4 a.m. or whatever was it and when that was your moment and it's just like this is why I just have to get this book out it's just this take a step like just realize you just can't you don't have to stay in the phase room but you're right I mean you start and you just go layers and layers and layers and layers yes um I I think it's how different do you feel oh my god now that (laughs) um I mean what's wild is that the phases for me were just, a, it started in such a deep grief. I mean, I got sent to the depths of this. I was fighting for my life. I was, I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything to, to numb. I couldn't do anything. So I was forced to stay in it and feel the feelings. And, and what I teach often, and I say to people, as I say, am I, for me, I don't think any of us can heal unless we're willing to have enough courage to stay in the discomfort Mm -hmm. until we feel like it's going to burn us up from the inside and we stay Mm -hmm. for one breath longer than the time before. Yeah. That's it. Just one breath. Mm -hmm. And over time, the willingness to just stay in that part, because the the moment that you will not heal, there is a very specific moment is the Mm -hmm. moment you want to zip yourself out of it. And all you got to do, you don't have to stay for 20 minutes, just one one breath longer than before. Yeah. And so I started doing that and then I first I healed my body and then I healed my heart. And then the cool part is I started to heal my thoughts. And mm-hmm. that's where the intersection of my experience of my trauma and my healing, my journey with that, you had a, I had a business where I over-identified with my body. I over-identify with performing. My body was a, was a conversation piece. Mm-hmm. That's a whole thing to unpack. And all I wanted to be seen as was a brilliant entrepreneur, but that's not what the world saw me as. And someone who had the courage to move a million miles away from where I was mm-hmm. and take my healing story. And it wasn't until I grabbed all of these values that I had collected through this healing journey and brought them together and saw that I could not only create something that had more impact than my first company. Cause there's a lot of thoughts that you'll never do it again. You only had a great idea once. And I noticed that my healing and my thoughts about my value in the world, once those were fully integrated and I brought that into my work, it was like everything just flew open. And did you, find the source of those words because they're not your words are they I mean you don't have to say who because that's quite personal but I assume somebody planted those what words made you feel like you weren't good enough or worth enough or 
you know, even when you said, oh, oh my God, yes. I sold my business. What are you doing? You know, and it's like, I feel like somebody said that to you and you've taken that as, you know what I mean? Like we take, this yeah. is why it's called the damage of words because it's oh, yeah. the book that is as opposed to this. But it's you, we take these words and we take yes. them on as our own and they're not necessarily our yes. words. And our <laughs> stories. Teacher, and I mean, it's an uncle, it's a priest, it's, it could be anybody. It's like it doesn't have to be family. Like it, The brilliance of your title and the brilliance of the language and this gift that you're bringing to the world, the world of the damage of words mm. is that it is so succinct and it represents mm. so much layered yeah. trauma. So the yeah. damage of words for me was that my body was a conversation. Yeah. My body was meant to be a dialogue. My body was something that people felt like could be objectified. And I absorbed those messages. Yeah. And I noticed that if that's where my value is, I don't want to get kicked out of the tribe. I want to be included. If the world is reflecting this is my strongest strength, then fucking damn it, I better lean into it. So I then brought that message back to myself as if it was truth. Mm. My value yeah. was clearly associated with what I looked like, how hard my body could perform, how fit I could be, and how easy I should make everything look. Mm. Which is totally not sustainable. A hundred percent not sustainable. <laughs> my goodness. So when you started looking at the that, that last, I mean, did you have help? Was it the, a technique or other, or did you do this all on your own? Most of it was done on my own, but well, you're, we play in the same heart space. So this will make sense. I moved to this area because I was meant to move to this area when we were trying to secure a lease, which you have to have for even a short-term visa. Mm. We needed a, we kind of knew we wanted to be in this region. We had friends in the Northern part of Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the North. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lovely. And it's so beautiful. You have to come, come. I love podcast. We'll do a book party. Um, We'll do a book party. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Um, And we needed a place to stay. Couldn't find one. It was getting late. A friend said, come with me. We found this cute little place. Oh, this is great. It's fine. And the morning when I opened the windows, Mm. I looked out at the mountain and every part of me, this was before, this is before my healing journey. It was before Mm. my body was like, this is where you're supposed (sighs) to be. Yeah. So as part of this healing journey, the question is, did I do it alone? It sounds normal to me. Okay, good. <laughs> but I, I didn't, the, I did with the mountain. I, yeah, I yeah. did it through healing and I did it through wiser people than me. I was listening. I was consuming more, um, more information than I could even ever begin to imagine. Tons of Tara Brock, tons of Jack yeah. Kornfield, uh, tons of Brene Brown, um, just consuming so much wisdom from folks that had walked mm. ahead of me. And then eventually I found a coach and that's really what opened my career path to introduce yeah. things through the coaching lens. Yeah. No, I, I would, um, I totally got what you mean. Mine's a tree. Mm. Um, but it's where your soul's happy. So you've probably had countless lives in northern Italy before this I, know, I feel for at sure. least in, in London even though it's quite heavy energy which is quite strange really? for someone like me you know yeah um because it's very spiritual and I'm an empath so you know I can feel the heavy energy but my soul's so happy here because I've had so many lives here so it's like <sighs> literally the plane comes into land I'm like 
<laughs> every time. And I've always felt like that, even really? though I was born in Sydney. Yeah. So to wow. me, it's like you get drawn to your place where, you, yeah, your soul yes. place. Yes, um, I so, love you know, that. And, and others can poo-poo. It has been scientifically proven. So, um, But it's mm. that's probably what it is. And there's that healing that you're seeing straight out the window there. Yeah. It's probably an end. Yeah. You're probably on it. You probably have you looked at the lines? You could be well be on a. Well, it's actually a really interesting mountain. Apparently, there's like flowers here that aren't anywhere else in the world. And also, there's a bunch of witches. Like, there's some witch stories oh, well, here about you. witches. I know these are my people, you know, witches and like you're, blue flowers. You're probably on a, a ley line or whatever they're called. You're probably on a line as well. Okay, I'm going to find. We're going to find out. You Totally, totally. It's, and it's, I think it's real. I do my retreats here. I do my retreats yeah. in the villa that I stayed at for this whole experience. Yeah. And everyone says the same thing. Okay, well, we'll have to look into this this thing about the lines I need oh, to Oh, totally. Tell us about your retreats because obviously you've now gone on to help. And obviously we met through yeah. Workshop and Master and yeah. we're taking, we're, I think we're some, one of the few that aren't doing facilitation in product um, yeah. <laughs> or in tech. Yeah. We're like, I'm using it in recruitment. You're using it for your healing. Yeah. So tell us about the retreats. So um, how did I did ret- start or what was so amazing about doing them? All? I mean, how do I not do it? Like I, yeah. this, this place changed me. Um, so I, what I do now for work is I work with founders, leaders, and entrepreneurs globally, mm. especially yeah. during the pandemic. We did so much, so much together time. Um, <laughs> and I wanted to make a retreat to give people a taste of what it's like to be in a place that feels so safe. Safe. And so like a, just a little hug, like a safe little hug where mm. you don't worry about things here. I don't, you don't look over your mm. shoulder. You don't, there's just a, as someone who has trauma in her body and in her life, mm. my nervous system was always vigilant. Mm-hmm. And to come and be in a place where I don't have to maintain vigilance for anything, mm. when you walk into a restaurant, When you walk to get a coffee, I started to be able to put down all of these hypervigilant traits, big and small, Mm. and it really shifted. So I wanted to create retreats for people to come, stay in a beautiful villa, connect with great people, and do the things that created a lot of healing inside of me. We do hikes. We go to the lake. We listen to the church bells. We do a ton of coaching and just create the space. I think that's the most important yeah. thing. I think that's what your book is giving people the chance to do is create the space to take that step. Yeah. You know, and to take the space to just, realize like the damage of words is real. This is a real mm, thing. Mm, mm. Yeah. I mean, I always think of that sticks and stones and it's like, what a load of shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, just a lot of shit. I channeled some stuff this morning and it was just all around like the sting of the words and how long it has taken me to release those out of my body. And now I use them. Like now I use them to create beauty in this podcast, like being beyond, like what is beyond when you get past, Mm. when you get out, oh, I've gone goosebumps, out the other side in in your light. And like Mm. what you're creating is that space for someone to feel the feels. It's okay. Like, can we get back to gut and heart up to head and, and stop? being told that yeah. it's not okay to like that we have to put up these facades we don't yes. we can just yes. we can spend some time on ourselves and we have to well, if we want we to be you know the best version of ourselves and that I mean genuinely not the cliche the yeah it just yeah it's the so thing weird. I always tell my clients <laughs> is we have to be willing to bring it into the light We don't have to know what to do with it by the way I really want people to know that we just need to grab it and be like oh Okay, I'm just going to look at it. 
kind of. We just have to be willing to pull it out of the shadow and bring it just a little bit closer. You don't have to know what to do. You don't have to make a plan because your brilliant body will figure it out. You just have to be willing to bring it into the light. Yeah. And it could, it could just be, okay, I'm done with you. Thank you. I forgive you. Be gone. Yes. I see that. you. I've been jumping around like a hooligan, wiping stuff off me. I mean, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. And I just think it's, it is funny. I was actually, it was on a screen. Now I feel bad. Um, but I did see something earlier and it was talking about actually the healing bit isn't so hard, but it's the being, it's, it's almost like the actual, do you know what I mean? Like the pulling into the light bit. Once you get used to and you start, it's yeah. actually, it's the getting started that's hard. Yes. yes. Be, feeling safe, like finding that safe space is probably hard. But once you yeah. start and you realize you get lighter and yes. lighter and lighter, and I'm sure you just feel so light now. As you said, you're not on hypervigilance yes. now. You relax. But you know what? why that is? Space. Is that the nervous system yeah. understands truth and something that's false. Yeah. And when we are willing to bring things into the light, our nervous system is like, well, thank God we're going to acknowledge this because hiding it was really stressing me out. Exhausting. It's exhausting. And that's why the continued process does truly get easier is your nervous system is like, great, let's let it go. That was not so hard last time. What's next? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've just done, like I've done 12 years of work and it's gone like that. It's gone really fast, but it is 12 years and I've just kept going and going and still stuff bubbles up. And, you know, I still have a little scar so I can still trigger. And it's like, whoa, just triggered. What's that all about? But I realized like, and then I release it and I think, you know, I forgive it and off it goes. And you know, yeah. you just keep going until you're like floating. I'm not quite floating, but it feels like it. <laughs> but yeah. it's just, it's oh, such a nice place to come to the world from mm. instead of full of the, the victim mode. You get to the victim mode. Such yeah. a nice place. Can I ask you a question? When oh, you wrote no. your book, when you wrote your book, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it must be really interesting to, to bring these things forward. Were you bringing them forward from a place of, I have completely worked through that? Or were there moments that you were working through it as you were bringing it forward? Yeah. So I, I'd done all the work to forgive my mother for her narcissistic abuse, forgive my father for the enabler, all this sort of stuff. But I've been working with a woman called Isabel Gatherer, who I write about. And we realized that I hadn't actually forgiven my father for a few things because my mm. father didn't protect me. And she asked me something, I went, meh, meh, meh. and she went, hmm, well, you know, if you're going to be famous and um, interviewed on big stages about this, you know, this is, because we have this feeling this book is just going to be really powerful. I don't know why, we yeah. just have this feeling. She goes, I don't think you can really talk about healing if you still feel quite angry to your father. Do you think we should look at that? And it was like, so my father passed last year. And one of the big problems was I couldn't talk to my dad because I didn't have a clear path of communication to him. Um, They shared an email account. They shared when they had social, social accounts. Uh, If I called and she was in the background, dad wouldn't speak properly. And Mm. it was just like, I just gave up. I stopped calling. Mm. I stopped emailing. I just, because I'd get her answering and it'd be horrible viciousness. So I've now chatted with him. Um, I, I am clairaudient, so I've always had the gift. I just have had it hidden in the closet and I'm coming out. Um, and I, I had a really fantastic conversation with him and I now understand. And he took me to his own trauma. He took me to feel what he felt as a child 
Mm. And then to feel the beginning of the marriage from all from his point of view. And it was like, okay, now I fully get why you could not protect us. Yeah. Like you just, he, he just couldn't mentally protect us. Mm. Um, his childhood was brutal. And then, you know, he and mum were at each other's throats. So it was just, yeah. And it, so that's really helped. Um, other people have been like, oh, you must have got really upset. No, I haven't, strangely. No, I haven't. There's been a few moments, but not, no. I just mm. need it out of my body onto paper and into your hands. It's just like, this is my yeah. gift to the world. I have to yes. go heal people. I'm going yeah. to share everything, literally everything. Yes. And, you know, some people will be like, really? Because <laughs> they know me from my re- recruitment professional world and they won't believe that. I'm Claire mm. Cognizant or I'm Claire Audient and all these kind of strange gifts that I have. And that's fine. Um, but it's well, just you're a whole person. I'm a whole person. And that is, and it was funny. Um, my friend Claire, she's, she could be cautious. And I went, I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and she, and it was because she said, you hide that, that incredibly special part of yourself. You only share that to a few people. And she said, Ooh, we like her. People. We like this I friend. I love her. Real love friends her. Real bring friend. your bring your magic into yeah. the light. They're like yeah. just get in the light, woman, and just Aww. you know. And that's where I'm at. So, but it's taken, yeah, it's taken twelve years. So that's why it's mm. coming to the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for it. I know. Thank you. I know you, that was a little bit tough there in the middle. I felt that. So thank you. Mm. If people want to get in contact with you, they want to know about your retreats. It, Website, LinkedIn, what's your favorite? Yes, Wait. it's very easy. Folks can go to my website. It's AngelaParker.com. You can I find everything there, my speaking, my retreats, everything. <laughs> I yeah. ended up doing the KatrinaCollier.com. It's like, why didn't I do this years ago? Why did I it's, start with different names? Just be me. I'm just, I'm only ever going to be me. <laughs> uh-huh. like, yep. Yeah. It's exactly. great. So like, you can find me. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Uh, I have a question. Are you going to do an audio version of your book? Oh, one sec. Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. I just could. Feel, um, yes. Yes. Okay, good. Sure. Great. For sure. Great. Sorry. Yay. As a choke right at the end. And I'm so unediting this, it will probably go out with my choke in it. Good. It um, I am absolutely doing an audio version of okay, this Okay, good. I, because not, I want to hear, yeah. I want to hear you bring this forward. Yeah. And I think because it will help as well. Because people who will read it won't necessarily have done any work. So if they hear it with me talking from the light and the the love and the compassion that I feel for my family, even through the trauma, I think that will help them be able to read it, to see that you can get to that point where you no longer feel. I I don't feel any resentment towards my mom for what she did. But also it's so impactful for people who have done tons of healing work to have a guide and to feel yeah. and to hear the the alignment and the encouragement yeah. for us to do the same. So your book is a gift. Thank yeah. you so much for Oh, no, it. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so it's much, Angela. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Damage of Words. How brave, how vulnerable. All to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalize this conversation. So please pass this on and of course subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time, thank you.